really alkali is is a is a material right the definition of alkali is a material that would raise ph so kind of the opposite of an acid um now alkaline is is the opposite of acidic so alkaline would suggest a high ph hello everyone and welcome to the growing point podcast i'm your host jeremy boychin the agronomy research extension specialist with the alberta wheat and alberta barley commissions today i'm speaking with wes anderson the vp of agronomy with croptimistic technology the terms alkali alkaline saline saline sodic are tossed around quite often in western canada but what do these actually mean are they being referred to appropriately these are the things that i'm speaking with wes about today to maybe create some clarity on what these terms actually mean and what they mean for management on your farm if you're dealing with some of these soils. Thank you, Wes, for sharing your knowledge. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Growing Point podcast. Enjoy. So, Mr. Wes Anderson, thank you for joining me today. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. We are here to talk about alkaline versus saline soils. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, maybe if you can introduce yourself and give a little background um, as to why you are the person to answer these questions. Sure. Uh, yeah, Wes Anderson, I'm Vice President of Agronomy with Croptimistic Technology. So we're an egg tech company based out of Nakem, Saskatchewan, and um, we really specialize in soil mapping and precision agronomy and uh, provide sort of technology and services to agronomy companies around the world. So we really are very soil focused and, um, you know, we, we really thrive on soil testing sort of some of the extreme soils in every field. So when it comes to, you know, saline or sodic soils, we're, we're very familiar with them. Well, I, I know when I have soils questions, you're, you're someone I often reach out to for, for questions. So I appreciate you taking the time Wes. Um, so tell me what, what, like, this is a this is maybe a question that comes up often enough, and and you know maybe there's some confusion between alkaline and saline soils. So what, how do we describe and what characterizes an alkaline soil? Yeah, I I think it's important to kind of cover some definitions first of all. So it's this term alkali is is often used sort of ubiquitously to describe these areas and fields that are perhaps white and growing very little. Um, really, alkali is is a is a material, right? The definition of alkali is a material that would raise pH, so kind of the opposite of an acid. Um, now, alkaline is is the opposite of acidic, so alkaline would suggest a high pH. Now, where this kind of confusion or the term alkali is often used is because these areas that are saline sodic often, um, which would mean uh, salinity is, is a high salt content, you know, usually a lot of sulfate salts or chloride salts. Um, sodic soils have high exchangeable sodium. So occasionally we have sodic soils that are actually non-saline. In other words, the EC is relatively low. Um, now, saline sodic soils are often very, very high pH. Like it's not unusual to see pHs of eight to eight and a half in those areas. So that's where some of the confusion with sort of alkali or alkaline comes in. Oh, that's that's perfect. Um, I feel like I've learned something a little bit there, Wes. So thank you. So, you know, and, and maybe this abuts against saline soils. So characterize to me, what is a saline soil? 
Yeah. So a saline soil simply is a soil that has a high electrical conductivity, which can be measured in a soil test. Now we, we measure relative conductivity across a field using um, an EC sensor. So like we use a swap box within our company, but various machines, um, EM38s, those are EM38 is a device that's been around a very, very long time that folks like Les Henry have used to, you know, measure salinity in a soil, right? Um, but we can also measure that in a soil test, um, either as a saturated paste test or a one-to-one test. So, um, and those tests will give different values. Usually saturated paste is slightly higher. So with a sat paste test, it's typically, if you have an EC of over two, um, that would get into some at least slightly saline soils, um, on a one-to-one test, which is probably a little more common with most labs. Uh, if we see an EC in the soil test up around one or higher, that gets to be into some, you know, we know that's becoming a salt affected soil. So that's, um, that's sort of how we define salinity. Now you can have salinity without having high exchangeable sodium. Typically you don't usually we see at least, you know, three, five, 6% exchangeable sodium along with those high salts, but not necessarily, um, so they're, they are kind of two separate things that are often found together, but it's important as an agronomist and when it comes to management of those areas to understand really both metrics. Because um, a nice soil that with low exchangeable sodium that's, that's a little bit saline can usually still grow some decent crop and has a chance of being sort of reclaimed maybe with some management around drainage or whatnot. Um, a saline sodic soil though, that has say an EC of four or five and, and 20% exchangeable sodium has very little hope, right? Those are the areas where we, we have the opportunity to really drop fertilizer rates and manage differently and save a lot of money. So I guess then, you know, if, if these two terms, um, alkaline and, and, and saline, um, maybe get confused, how do we manage one versus the other? Yeah, well, again, it, it depends just how severe each measurement is. So um, uh, I already referred to, say, a, a slightly saline soil with relatively low exchangeable sodium, something like tile drainage or just a little management around the recharge area can potentially um, at least prevent those areas from getting worse. Uh, if water tables drop and then we get enough rainfall to leach those salts down, those areas can actually be, still be fairly productive. So it's not too big a deal. Um, sodic soils are an entirely different beast, though. When you have high exchangeable sodium, that's a very difficult problem to fix in, in our rainfall environment in Western Canada, at least. Um, you know, to, to fix them, you if essentially have to apply typically a lot of calcium. And, and when I say a lot, I'm not talking 50 or hundred pounds. I'm talking like hundreds, if not thousands of pounds of calcium through either lime or gypsum to displace the sodium in the soil, leach it down, you know, and, and replace that. So, um, but that takes water to do that, right? And, and proper drainage. And it's rarely feasible in Western Canada, I would say, unless it's under irrigation. So, so that high sodium causes poor soil structure and, and poor drainage. So um, in much of sort of North Central Alberta, uh, say Camrose to Viking area, there's a lot of solanetic soils that have high exchangeable sodium. A lot of the growers refer to those as gumbo soils, right? They're very sticky. They go from 
too wet and sticky to manage to too hard and dry and they they're subject to crusting so what we do with variable rate is once we get those areas mapped out um, we often apply more seed on some of those soils first of all and then often there's an opportunity to drop some fertility rates manage fertility a bit differently to maybe save a bit of money manage them for what they are which is mediocre maybe at best um, and and kind of go from there is that change in seeding rate consistent for every crop? Uh, not necessarily, no. You got to be a little cautious and just understand the real potential for um, for every field and, and every location in the field uh, and based a bit on seed costs. So generally with cereals, with, you know, relatively inexpensive seed, and this year is maybe a bit of an exception, but um, you know, think crops like barley, oats, wheat, we'll, we'll generally increase the rate and, and make sure we're getting plants established there. Sometimes as much as anything to just compete with weeds, like you're never going to make it an outstanding yielding area. Um, but we want to compete with weeds because we all know, hopefully that crop competition is the first step in weed control. I'm so glad you said that once. <laughs> um, so alkali, how do we manage that? Yeah, so it's, um, I would say it almost, we, we have to understand, first of all, what landscape position it's at. So sometimes we see these um, alkali or, or high exchangeable sodium soils, solenetic soils, actually in upper landscape positions. So, um, so the days land area, for instance, we see a lot of that where um, they're actually even on an upper landscape position. In that case, we could probably apply some gypsum or in a lot of cases, those soils are actually acidic. Um, so again, this is where the term alkali maybe is definitely almost wrong, right? Um, it, it's because they're actually acid soils that are have high exchangeable sodium. So then we can apply some calcium, uh, start to displace that sodium, hopefully, and, and, and improve the, at least the top soil, soil structure and allow the crop roots to thrive a little more, um, allow better establishment, things like that. But again, that, this isn't like a very quick one-year fix by any means. Everybody's looking for that $5 an acre quick fix. This is not one of those. So this is a multi-year long-term strategy that's going to cost some money, but can pay over time. In, in lower landscape positions, it gets really challenging because um, often those areas, because of the so poor soil structure, they're subject to flooding out. Um, and it's just realistically, it just a lot of the time they're, I don't know, it, it's very just uneconomical to really improve those areas, in my opinion, from, from what I've seen. Is that for annual crop production or any crop production? Yeah, maybe more so annual crop production. I'm thinking of now probably the long-term management, um, you know, fix would be seeding those areas to perennial forage, perhaps taking them right out of production. Because um, because they can, if you can get forages established, they'll, they can do very well. In fact, there's species that do extremely well in those soils, right? I mean, when we get into perennial grasses and, and different species, there's, there's obviously species that thrive in salt affected soils. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's options there. And again, we want under, even for that, even for forage species selection, we want to understand if those areas are subject to flooding for two or three weeks in the spring, 
or are they like sort of on still some side slopes or something that that won't be flooded because that might sort of affect what species you select no this is this is wonderful information Wes and, and hopefully we've provided maybe a little bit of, of context to some of these terms is there anything else you want to add before we finish up here no, I think it was like I said, one of my pet peeves has been that term of the alkali areas. And, and uh, I think it's, it's beneficial to just really understand what we're talking about and know that, you know, they can actually be saline or sodic or saline sodic. And, and depending on what they are, uh, determines how they should be managed going forward. So you don't sort of spend a bunch of money in something that's not going to provide value. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you to get more information, how would they do that, Wes? Yeah, they can go to swapmaps.com and uh, we've got our, our web page webpage has a lot of uh, inquiry um, fields there. You can inquire with us through that and get a hold of me that way. Perfect. Well, thanks again and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, Wes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Growing Point Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please take a second to rate, review, and share this podcast with all of your friends. This helps us grow and get our message out. You can also sign up for the Growing Point newsletter by going to Alberta Wheat or albertabarley.com and sign up for our mailing list. This will help you stay up to date on all the agronomic information we share through articles, interviews, and the newsletter. See you next time.